0: Thank you, Jeff, and good morning to everybody. Good to see everybody again today, and good to be together. We always have a great many on our prayer list, and I'm always receiving names and requests that uh, I did not make it into the bulletin because I uh, get those, re- those requests afterwards. Piero Bianco has, uh, is recovering from surgery at home, doing well. Also Darlene Busher from knee replacement surgery robert and jean helvering please continue to pray for them coming uh, recovering from COVID, doing well christine chapman is home very ill please keep her in your prayers but it's good to be together it's good that we can pray for our brothers and sisters in christ who are struggling in different ways and it's wonderful that we can just open up to our brothers and sisters and say please I'm going through this or I'm going through that, would you please pray for me, keep me in your prayers. And so very special relationship we have as uh, brothers and sisters in Christ, and that's God's family. So let's never take that lightly and always take it, you know, as a blessing to be able to pray together and for each other and to ask each other for our prayers. I wanted to talk about something that is very much in vogue and on the minds of a lot of people today either to one degree or another and that is hopelessness versus hope we're going through a period of time right now and I know it's this way in other parts of the world as well but in our country right now the, boy, what people are just it's chaotic and and we can use that word in a rather frivolous way and and not really give it the import that it should be used with all of the time, but we're living in a chaotic state right now in our country. All kinds of things are going on, and things are just kind of, you know, from a societal perspective, in in an upheaval to a great extent. People are desperately seeking for hope. They're frantically grasping for some semblance of hope, looking for hope. We hear, we see things going on, such as inflation just running rampant and, and all kinds of social uh, conflicts that are taking place in public schools and within society as a whole and violence taking place and then you extend that to the world order and you've got raging war in, in Ukraine and, and that's drawing European and our nation into it. it, it just on and on and on and people are really, really wondering what is going to ultimately be. Hopelessness is a reality. Chaotic time again. And so many people feel a strong sense of hopelessness. I keep hearing more so just recently how people are saying, I gotta make a decision. Do I buy gas for my car or do I pay for prescriptions or buy groceries or what do I buy? People talk about I go to the gas station and, and it's double what I used to pay or more than you know maybe uh, maybe 50 percent more than I used to pay to fill up my vehicle. Or they'll say I go to the grocery store and, and it's hundred dollars more than it was just a couple of months or so ago. We hear these reports on a commonplace basis pretty much anymore and so people are saying what, what, what's going on? What's going to be the ultimate end? And again, many people feel a strong sense of hopelessness. We can can understand that to some extent because it really affects most all of us to one degree or another. But we get a broader perspective from what Job stated in Job chapter 7 and verse 6 about his own life. And of course, he was going through some really, really chaotic times when he he wrote this or stated this, and so he says, my days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle. And I've talked about if you've ever watched somebody weaving and that shuttle goes back and forth, especially if you're talking about on some kind of mechanized uh, loom, it's, it's fast. You, you have to really look quick to see it go back and forth. But he was, of course, not looking at any kind of high-powered loom but it's still that goes fast back and forth even just by hand power My, my days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle from the time it goes from one side of the loom to the other and then back again but then he goes on and says and my days are spent without hope without hope have we ever stopped and thought about the person who is really living in a state of hopelessness. Their emotions is, I don't see hope in front of me. There are people like that around us. And again, more and more, to one degree or another, people are starting to experience and verbalize those kinds of feelings. Well, our question this morning that we need to think about because we want to look at it from not just the perspective of our physical life in this world and dealing with the chaotic politics and the chaotic social structure and the chaotic uh, cultural, you know, rancoring back and forth, or even the violence that we keep reading about and hearing about and even the war. But there are always wars. There are always revolutions going on all over the world. We just don't usually hear about, much about most of them. But the question we want to ask comes from a spiritual perspective. And that is, are you ready? Are you ready to come out of hopelessness into real hope? A lot of people are looking for hope out there, but they're looking in the wrong places. They're looking for hope with the wrong mindset. They're looking for something this world can do for them. Or maybe they can do for themselves, creating hope on their own, in and of themselves, by themselves. And that's not where real hope is found. But there is real hope out there. Are you ready to come out of hopelessness and into hope? A life that is lived outside of Christ is a life without hope a hopeless existence. I remember many years ago listening to a young woman who had been a faithful Christian for a number of years in her life. And for some reason, she let her faith slip and she decided that she was then an atheist. And I remember standing with her and she was looking at a cat up in a branch in a tree. She was the mother of a very young little boy about two or three years old. And she said, I, I, I see that cat, and I realize he's just the same as my little boy. And I was, I was repulsed at that statement. I thought, don't try to tell me, and I should have spoken up more directly than I did. But don't tell me that that cat and your little boy are the same thing. That cat's going to die and decay to the, to the soil again one day. Your little boy has a soul that's gonna go on for eternity. But you see, if a person that pushes God out of their life, they have no hope. They're looking at hopelessness as the reality at the center of their life. In Ephesians chapter two, beginning with verse 12, the apostle Paul wrote this about just such a state. Again, a life lived outside of Christ is a life without hope. There's no explaining that away. There's no trying to, you know, kind of brush it around the edges. It's a hopeless existence. This is how Paul put it. He's writing to Christians in Ephesus. And so probably mostly from a Gentile background, not a Jewish background. And he says that at that time, you were without Christ. You were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise. And here is the key statement. It relates to that first statement, you are without Christ. And then he says, having no hope and without God in the world. Having no hope. Why? Because you are outside Christ. You are without Christ. And when you're without Christ, you're without God. There is no hope in a life lived outside of Christ. And I can say that no matter what unbelievers might try to say to, again, smooth that over, try to paint some degree of hope, there is no hope. It's a hopeless life. It's a hopeless future that you're looking toward. It's no matter what the devil might try to, in some way or another, portray Uh, It's no big deal. Yeah, sure, there's hope. There's lots of hope. No. What did Paul say? When you were without Christ, you had no hope because you were also without God. The two go together. Now, the next verse, verse 13, is the contrast to that. He's writing to these same Christians (coughs) to whom he said, before you became Christians, when you were outside of Christ, you had no hope. You are without God. In verse 13, though, he uses that strong word of transition, but. But now, in Christ, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You are outside Christ. You are without Christ, and therefore without God. But now in Christ, you have been baptized into Christ. Romans 6 and verse 3, Galatians 3 and verse 27. And now you have been brought near by the blood of Christ. The big contrast there. Paul, when he wrote his first Timothy letter, his first letter to Timothy, chapter 1, verse 1. He identified himself as Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God and and our our Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ, our hope. Now, he is not just the hope of those who might say, yeah, I believe in Jesus. He's the only hope for mankind. When we look a little further in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 27, notice... To them, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And we're talking about a spiritual glory, a heavenly glory, and it's a glory that this world cannot offer because it's only in Christ. And it's only in a life that is lived in Christ, faithful and dedicated to him. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 3, we we, we find a statement about why and how our life has meaning because we're faithful, dedicated Christians. Remembering without ceasing your work of faith, your labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of our God and Father. In Christ... A life lived in Christ is a life with hope that the world does not have. When we think about that, clearly a life lived in Christ is the life with the greatest hope. In fact, I would would clarify that even further. A life lived in Christ is the only life with real hope. And so people out there right now who are fighting one another, arguing with one another, calling each other names, trying to push their opinions, their views, their ideologies on others, who are pulling out weapons and shooting down others they don't agree with, and going to war and trying to conquer nations, those people need to come to realize that will give them no real hope. There's no hope in that kind of mentality, in that kind of mindset, in that kind of, of life lived on this physical plane. They need to transition their mindset to the spiritual and say, I've I got to come to Christ. I've seen a number of people over many years who have come to a point in their lives where they finally said, I, I've, I've got to find more than what I've got now. I've got to turn to God, I've got to turn to the church, I've got to come to my Lord, because right now I'm getting nothing, and there's no hope for me. Statements like that, or mindsets like that. Now, a life lived outside of Christ is a life that is hopeless. And a life lived in Christ is a life with the greatest hope. In in, in Romans chapter 15 and verse 3, notice how God is identified. Now, Paul has already identified Christ as our hope and our patience of hope being centered in our relationship with our Lord and Savior. And now he goes and he talks about God along the same lines. He says, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, what about people? And I've wondered for most of my life, how do people outside the church, and if they're outside the church, they're outside of Christ, how in the world do they make it through life? I don't understand. Where do they go for answers? Where do they go for direction? Where do they find hope in their life? Whatever they might call hope is certainly surface level hope because it's not the ultimate hope that God offers us as eternal life with him in heaven. In Acts chapter 24 and verse 15, we find the apostle Paul on trial for his life. And what does he say? I have hope in God which they themselves also accept, speaking of the Jews, that there will be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and the unjust. He was looking toward eternity. He was on trial for his life physically, but he's looking toward eternity. He says, I have hope in God. Well, what in the world does the person who says, I don't believe in God, or I'm not sure if there is a God, or they may say, I believe in God, but they live a worldly life. They don't try to walk with God at all. Where do they have hope? Again, see, our world right now, our society and our culture, in our nation right now, needs to get real. They need to come to the reality that they're looking in the wrong places and their mind, the devil has, has completely deflected their thinking because they've let him. In directions that are hopeless, they need the peace that passes understanding. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 7, and that's only in Christ. The only way to God is through Christ. God is the God of hope, and he is there offering us abundance of hope, but that's through Christ. John 14 and verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In Luke chapter 10 and verse 16, Jesus goes further and he says, he who hears you hears me, speaking to his apostles. He who rejects you rejects me. Well, why? Because you're teaching my teachings, what I've told you to teach. And then he goes on and he says, and he who rejects me, rejects him who sent me and that's God we cannot walk with god in faithfulness outside of christ and if we're walking with christ in faithfulness and dedication we're walking with god we look at 1 john chapter 2 and verse 23 john the apostle wrote along the same line whoever denies the son that is christ does not have the Father either. And he who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. And then he goes on in 2 John chapter 1 and verse 9, and he says, whoever transgresses and does not abide in or live in the doctrine of Christ does not live in Christ. And that includes living by his teachings, does not have God he who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. Now what about all those people who say, well, I believe in God, but they don't believe in Christ. John, Luke repeatedly emphasized if you're not walking with Christ, you're not walking with God. If you're not in Christ, you're not with God. But if you're living In Christ by his teachings then you're walking with God also he's in your life again where is hope without God God is the God of hope he wants to give us abundant hope but outside of Christ we don't have that hope we don't have access to it if a person does not live in Christ that person does not have God and God is the God of hope the only way to God is through Christ the gospel message is the message of hope that God sent his son to bring to this earth the message of hope think about that people are looking for hope they're looking for somebody and so much of the time they're looking for some government to give them hope? How about the governor of the universe? How about the creator of all things? He sent his son to bring us the message of hope, which is the gospel. Colossians chapter one and verse 23, Paul said, if indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the, gospel, from the hope of the gospel. The hope of the gospel, which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. The gospel message that God sent his son into this world in the physical form of Jesus, the Christ, bringing that message of forgiveness and redemption and salvation through him as our Savior, And his going to that cross and dying thereon to pay the price for the guilt of all of our sins for all time, all mankind, Hebrews 2 and verse 9. He tasted death for everyone so that we could have the opportunity to be forgiven through his life given on that cross as the perfect sacrifice. And we could have, and we're not talking about hope as we usually use the term in our, in our common mindset, physical mindset. I hope this happens. I hope that happens. Those are wishes to a great extent. But he's talking about giving us the hope, which is not just the desire, but the expectation, the promise of fulfillment through Jesus Christ. As we're baptized into him, the blood that he shed on the cross cleanses us of the guilt of our sins. And we just remembered that sacrifice and that shedding of blood which signifies his death on that cross a few moments ago as we partook of the Lord's Supper. That death on the cross, that was the sacrifice through which God offers us hope. Hope of eternal life with him. Now the gospel message is the message of hope. Again, it's centered, that message is centered in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes for the Jew first and also for the Greek. When Jesus was ready to ascend back to heaven, after dying on that cross, being put in the tomb, rising rising up from that grave, victorious over death, and then appearing to multitudes of people for a period of 40 days, he was ready to ascend back to heaven. And he told the apostles, I want you to go out and preach this message of hope to everybody everywhere, in every generation. Go into all the world, preach the gospel to all creation. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. But... He who does not believe shall be condemned. The message of hope centered in Christ and what he did for us. You see, this world is really not where our real hope is found. Our only real hope is salvation and eternal life through Jesus Christ. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 8. Let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. But again, not a wild wish, and unrealistic dream. That's not how hope is used there. The expectation of the fulfillment, ultimately, of our salvation being realized in an eternal home with God and Christ and the Holy Spirit in heaven. Titus 1 and verse 2 in hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised to those uh, promised before time began. God offers us that hope if He will come to Him through Christ, and God cannot lie because it's against His very nature. We look then at Titus chapter 3 and verse 7 that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. That's where our real hope is. It's not in accumulating more money or buying more things that money can buy or raising massive armies and then somehow conquering nations that we wanna take over or put down or whatever. It's the hope of eternal life salvation through Christ. In Acts chapter four and verse 12, again, that is centered in Christ. Peter said, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. The apostle Paul in Romans six and verse 23 gave us both sides of the spectrum, so to speak. He said the wages of sin is death. And this world is caught up in the darkness of sin. Jesus said so in Matthew chapter 7 verses 13 and 14. He said most people are going down the wrong road to eternal condemnation But the wages of sin is death, but transition word again The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord We see over and over again our only real hope is in Christ We can say, in God, through Christ. We're called to salvation through the gospel. Second Thessalonians chapter two, beginning with verse 13, Paul wrote, we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord. Always, because God from the beginning, God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the spirit and belief in the truth to which he called you by our gospel for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Christ, a life in Christ, is the only place we can find real hope. God is the God of hope, but we must come to him through Christ. He sent his son to bring the message of hope, the gospel of salvation, but that is the gospel of Christ. And our only real hope is salvation and eternal life, and that is only through Christ, only through Christ. Mankind's only true hope is in the love of God expressed through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should should not perish but have everlasting life. The Apostle Paul wrote in Romans 5 and verse 8, God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In Christ, living a life of faithfulness and dedication to him, we can confidently wait. We can with confidence look forward to the ultimate realization of our hope. The expectation, yes, yes, God has already promised me the fulfillment of this hope through the glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior when he comes again on that final day of judgment. Titus 2 and verse 13, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 1 and verse 13, therefore gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and rest your hope fully, upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. This hope serves as an anchor for the soul. People are looking for an anchor in their lives. They're looking for hope. This hope of forgiveness, redemption, eternal life through salvation in Christ Eternal life in heaven, that's our anchor for our soul. It gives us purpose, it gives us meaning, it gives us direction. It helps us to be able to smile (laughs) even during the most dire times and most trying times. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. How blessed we are to have have a God who loves us so much that he gives us such hope. Hope that the world cannot provide. And so the Hebrews writer encouraged, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Jesus offers everyone this hope through the great invitation, Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28 and 29, he said, come to me, come to me, not to some government leader, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I'm gentle and lowly in heart and you shall find rest for your soul. In Christ, there's hope. You can find real hope as you submit to him, as you repent of your sins, believe in him as your savior and God's son, and surrender to him in baptism, at which point the blood that he shed on the cross will cleanse you of the guilt of all the horrible things that you think are too horrible to be forgiven of. You'll be forgiven. You'll be reborn spiritually. You'll be made new spiritually, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. And you will be assured of that hope that God sent him to bring to you through the gospel message. Don't give up. Don't give up. Jesus offers you real hope. If you need to come at this time, For whatever reason, to be baptized for the prayers of the church, Jesus is waiting. Won't you come as we stand together and sing?